For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This pod is brought to you by Brand MN. They're a Minnesota company that makes awesome shirts and more for Minnesotans. So odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, which you are, they've got something that you'll love. I personally like the Scratching Post shirt. It's a picture of a cat scratching on the WNBA Championship trophy. It's for the Minnesota Lynx, and it can be yours. All you have to do is go to brandmn.com and use the code AWAW for 15% off your order. Your closet will thank you. Welcome back to the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. You can find me on Twitter at NBA. You can find the show on Twitter at AWAW underscore podcast. And as always, this podcast is part of the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast network. You can find A Wolf Among Wolves at A Wolf Among Wolves blog on Twitter or at awolfamongwolves.com. And today on the show, we have a very special guest. I am joined by the co-host of the Four Seasons NBA podcast, Zach Noble. How's it going, Zach? Doing awesome. I mean, sun's out and talking hoops. It's a great day to be alive. Yep, it sure is. Um, so basically, Zach and I are just going to be going through a mailbag here. We got about six questions. Hopefully, we got time to get through them all. But um, just some fans on Twitter and everything wanted to have some of their questions answered. So we're going to go through that. Funny thing is, Zach and I were actually going to record a podcast like the day after the NBA shut down, like the day after all that news broke, we were scheduled to go, but everything happened. There wasn't a lot to talk about, so we decided to push it back. And now, a few months later, here we are. So it should be a Is that fun our time. Are we taking credit for this? I mean, should we be banned or some shit? I don't know, cause now, uh, now it's not seeming. I don't know. Bad news is coming out of Florida, so maybe it's going to shut down again, and it's all going to be our fault again. <laughs> but uh, maybe Watch it happens in about two hours after right, we release this. Thing. Right, right. Uh, dang. But um, yeah. So that was that was going to be fun, but now this should be a lot more fun. We have some more to talk about than we did at that point. Um, so yeah, let's just hop into these first questions. The first question comes from the Burst Sports, and he wants to know: Do you think Ryan Saunders is a long-term answer as head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Man, so 
it's tough because I like Rhino as a guy. I really, I really do. Uh, it's one I go back and forth with all the time. We finally, after the Tibbs experiment, uh, experience, experiment, whatever you want to yeah. call it, and it was long. It was just short enough to be an experiment. But uh, with that said, the guys love Ryan. I mean, that's that's a big thing. Um, the fact that the players love him. I don't like him as a coach. He hasn't done anything, in my opinion. I don't really like what he offers on either side of the ball, even though things offensively has changed a bit since Tibbs, and I, I like the improvements and the adjustments he's made since then. But um, we're going to win now. I truly believe more than any other Wolves fan out there, I push win now more than anyone because I've just seen in Minnesota sports how quickly players turn and the generation we're in today if you got a player that's built to win like Cat, and he wants to win now as desperately as I think he does. You got to build this thing like stat. You know, you can't waste time. And right. Gerson, Gerson, I love our front office. I love where we're going there. I actually believe in the future of this team, but I personally, I'm picky. So if it's the right coach like Kenny Atkinson, I'm all for it right now, this very instant. So you're but a big Atkinson guy then for the Wolves? Huge. Okay. Yeah, huge. I, and I think I his think, fit would be good too. Okay, that's good to hear. Now, D'Lo, I know there's might have been a little issues on that end, but mm-hmm. I think that they'd get over whatever. I don't think it was big enough to not be worth looking into Atkinson type of deal. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the team is the perfect fit for him and what, what he could bring, and we'd quickly be a winner if we got him, in my opinion. Other than that, though, I don't have any magical great ideas of assistance or anything like that. Um, I do like our assistance. Yeah, um, I do too. I love I, David Vanderpool. Good. But, so you got any options, or what? what's your thoughts on that question? So with Ryan Saunders, I think my big thing with him is I – like you said, I love him as a person. You know, he seems like a great guy and everything. He t- and his p- um, player relations seem really good, which is that's important, I think, too. But to your point of win now, I, I'm not so sure that win now for me personally means the 2020-21 season. I think yeah. it's that 21-22 season where we're really gonna, you know, that's the season we have to go all in for. And um, I mean, Dane Moore has talked about this a lot. I don't know if you listen to his podcast, but he talks yeah. about. Um, you know, 2021-22 season is like the go now, and I think that's more what I believe. But, um, yeah, Ryan Saunders, to me, you know, he's, he's went through a lot. He's coached 106 games, I believe, and he has a 36-70 and 70 record, so it's really nothing great. But he also has dealt with a lot of roster turnover. There's been a lot of, you know, right. injuries and everything. So he's lost cap. For, he probably had cap for maybe 70 of those games or whatever. And we just got D'Lo. I... Whether we think he's going to be the answer, I don't know if he is a championship-level coach, but what I think Rosas does like is his ability to not control, but like really influence what is happening on the floor as a GM because Ryan Saunders is going to run the system that Rosas wants him to run because otherwise Ryan's going to be out the door. So Correct. I think that's why Rosas brought him in or kept him and wanted him to be the coach. But I don't know if Ryan's a... Um, a championship level coach but i would like to see this season what he can do and then if it's bad again if we have a healthy roster and things are bad then it's probably time to move on do i do i think he's gotten his full opportunity as a coach to really see what he's made of no but i do i think it's 70 80 percent do we have a good idea yes 
and it, it's unfortunate this is how the year worked out for him. I always said at the beginning of this year, though, it's now or bust for Ryan Saunders. Like, just show me improvements throughout mm-hmm. the year. Right. I didn't see I didn't see enough improvements. Nor I mean, did he get a full season? You know. Yep. So it's tough. Like, I can't be that hypercritical on this guy. And um, it's just I don't want to lose Carl Anthony Towns. I really don't. Yeah, and, and that's what this all boils that, down to is you. Right. You want to keep those guys because. Those guys don't come to Minnesota often, so having someone like that already here, um, you don't want to risk losing him. Like, trust me, I, I'm a firm believer with the right coach, Cat D'Lo, Malik Beasley. I'm higher. On, I've been, always been higher on Malik I than just about anyone out there. And then if we draft right, I think we can be a playoff team next year, and we should. There should be no excuses. If Cat is who we think he is, and as good as everybody says he is, there's no way he shouldn't be able to lead just about anybody to the playoffs. Right. Uh, w- with the right coach and right system in place. And I do think Gerson has the right ideas. And I think uh, Ryan can definitely implement those ideas. So that definitely helps. Yeah. And I, I'm not so down on the offense, but the defensive systems uh, right. ran, I don't <laughs> think, really complement Towns. And part of that makes me question David Van- Vanterpool some. But also, I don't know, you know, who's actually setting those up. So I'm not sure. But I don't think he's probably not the long-term answer. But I do want to see him get one final, even if it's not a full season, just a chunk of games where everybody's healthy and just to see what he can do. Um, but right. there's probably better options somewhere. 30 games at least. Yeah. yeah. So before before we move on, did you have any other random ideas of coaches? You know, it's so hard for College me. College or anything? It's so hard for me to like think about these coaches because I don't pay that close of attention to college basketball outside of like the teams I watch. So I don't know who these yep. good coaches are. And then around the NBA, like you know, you have Atkinson. But other than that, like no way I want Thibodeau back. No way I want some of these other coaches that are losing their jobs. Like uh, Luke Walton, maybe will lose his job. I could see that happening. Like I don't want Luke Walton to be the coach either. I'd take Saunders over him. So I don't know. I don't really have any. Um, options, I guess. I'd have to look closer. So Dave Yeager is another name that come to, comes to mind. Uh, guys like Bill Self and Jay Wright, I mean, they're the casuals throwing out there. but <laughs> I do like the uh, Dave Yeager um, idea. And is Dave Yeager from Minnesota? I feel like he... He's got ties, yeah. yeah. Also, Fred Hoiberg is someone that has been thrown yeah. out in the past, but I, I don't think I want Fred Hoiberg. I think he's more suited for a college coaching position. For sure. Yep. So Jaeger's from Staples, Minnesota. Okay. Okay. So I, I knew he had some ties to Minnesota somehow. But, okay. So there's our deal on Ryan Saunders. Now let's go in and talk about question number two, which comes from at Optimus Wolves. And he says, which player would you prefer at the four next year, all things considered? Jeremy Grant for the full mid-level exception or Aaron Gordon if it only cost James Johnson and the 16th pick from Brooklyn. He said it was it would essentially have traded Rocco and Gorgie for Beasley, Wancho, and Aaron Gordon. What are your thoughts on who would you rather have there? Yeah, so I love both those guys. I really do. Um, I've always, I always have and always will. I'm starting to decline on Aaron Gordon, which has taken me a lot longer than most. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been one of my like top five to seven candidates for most improved player and still hasn't really improved a ton. Right. He's improving slightly every year, except last year, I think he declined. 
Yeah. Uh, but with a new system and a bigger opportunity as an offensive player, which he'd get in Minnesota, in my opinion. And uh, I think he's going to be good defensively wherever he goes. So um, you're taking a big risk on a big contract with Aaron Gordon, where Jeremy Grant's already worth every dollar he's going to make and will make, I think. I think he's always going to be getting a reasonable and fair contract. Uh, so it, it's tough. I still lean towards Aaron Gordon because um, I just think he'd be a great fit in Minnesota. Uh, and his ceiling's way higher where Minnesota needs high-risk players. I also think the 16th pick is a very fair trade for Orlando yep. um, to go along with James Johnson. So I think it's realistic on all ends. But, um, yeah, I definitely lean towards Aaron Gordon, even though I love both of them. All right. So I'm I'm not as high on Gordon as some are, but I'm not as low right. as some are either. I would probably want Jeremy Grant more for the cap flexibility, and I believe in his defense a little bit more. Um, I, oh, yeah. So one of my good friends, Jack Borman, who writes over at Canis Hoopus, wrote a really in-depth article about Jeremy Grant, and I loved it. Um, Jeremy Grant, to me, provides a lot of shooting that Aaron Gordon doesn't provide as well. Gordon can knock down a shot, but I think Grant's a much more consistent shooter, and I think he's a little bit more versatile defensively. But I'm not against the Aaron Gordon uh, trade either, and my thing with Gordon is his contract's kind of weird to where it, um, you know, decreases as the years go on. Some, you know, most contracts are back heavy, so, you know, as a player gets older, their contract gets, you know, bigger in the last couple years. Well, Aaron Gordon's goes down, so it's at like 16, I think it goes down to like 14 million in the last year or something. So I think that's an interesting thing there. Honestly, though, these could both happen, theoretically. Because they don't have any overlapping assets, so you could theoretically bring in Aaron Gordon and Jeremy Grant. So, I mean, that's a, that's $25 million tied up between those two players or however much the mid-level exception is going to be. But it might be worth a shot to try and bring both of them in if you can make it work financially. I think avoiding the luxury tax is going to be a big thing this year, too, just so we're not in the repeater tax. Because if we are trying to go all in in, like, 2021 or 2022... Um, Repeater tax penalties would be huge, and there's no way Glenn Taylor is gonna wanna, um, you know, do that. But one thing about Jeremy Grant is a lot of people, you know, they talk highly of his defense, but some of the numbers suggest he might not be as good defensively as uh, people think he is. Do you think that's the numbers lying, or do you think it's the eye test that is lying in that situation? No, I love watching Jeremy Grant on defense, and I've been all over Jeremy Grant for couple of years now and I think it's the numbers lying I really do um he gets put with a lot of bad lineups in Denver mm-hmm. uh, and I, his, his numbers were better there. when he was uh in OKC they were a lot better right. than they are in Denver yep and if you were to tell me like that you think Jeremy Grant's better than Aaron Gordon right now I'm okay with it I really am yeah. like they're they're that close and Jeremy Grant I mean is actually a really good three-point shooter shooting 40 percent right now up. yep three and a half attempts a game so uh, Aaron Gordon I mean he just gets more opportunity so he has more inflated basic stats really uh, but yeah. I think defensively they're basically equal they're a lot closer than people think mm-hmm. but I don't care where you lean I just know Aaron Gordon still uh, he has to leave Orlando sooner than later or else they got to get rid of Vooch or Bamba in order to reach his full potential or else he's never going to reach it yeah and yeah I think it I would say Aaron Gordon's a better player right now, but I think uh, the reason I would take Grant is just because he would be quite a bit cheaper. But um, 
I think Aaron Gordon has a lot more ball skills. He can handle the ball better. He passes better than Grant does. Uh, but Jeremy Grant re- really wouldn't be asked to do any of that in Minnesota. You know, be yep. like an o- on offense, more of a spot up in the corner kind of guy or a dunker spot kind of guy. So I like both their fits here. I would like to see one of them come to the team next year. But um, I would prefer Jeremy Grant. But I, like I said, I wouldn't be against Aaron Gordon. So you think Aaron Gordon still has a much higher ceiling, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I think okay, that yeah. Grant's ceiling isn't really much higher than what he's at right now. You know, right. he's not going to... He's not going to turn into Pascal Siakam, even though they they have similar body types and they play the same position and everything. But I think um, I think Grant probably has a higher defensive ceiling, but overall player yeah. Aaron Gordon's ceiling is much higher. But Grant's for someone sure. that I trust probably to guard for sure, like two through five, maybe even one through five. And I don't see Aaron Gordon guarding you know ones and twos really consistently. So I think that's a big thing too. So if you plug those two in with our core three right now, you believe that lineup can get it done and uh, i mean they they fit nicely because i personally do i think you can roll those two out with our core three and i'm happy as hell yep i think if you run cat at the five and you have grant or gordon at the four you got beasley at the two and delo at the one whether you, you can plug in a kogi or culver or somebody that you draft like a devin vassell or a sadiq bay or someone i think that core is i mean they're not a championship core this year probably with that but i think you could maybe make a push for the playoffs even though the Western Conference is very strong this year, or next year, but um, I think that's a good core, and I think if you get the right bench pe- bench pieces to uh, fill out the roster, I think that could be a pretty dangerous team. All right, last question on this. Where would you take Aaron Gordon in this draft? In this draft, uh, top five, maybe top three? I don't... I mean, right now, like what he's at now or when he was coming out of college, that's a totally different no, thing. No, right, right now. Right Probably... I would take him over most prospects in this draft. Probably wow. only a few that I wouldn't. I, I'm not that high in this draft. I, I think love that, it. I think they're good players to. I wrote this in an article too. I think that this draft is more for building with these players than around these players. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So I would probably take Gordon like top five. Okay. When you said you might take him number one, that's just that would be to me. that. I thought you meant coming out of college, and coming out of college, no. I think Gordon was would probably be better than most of these players. Um, yeah, I would have probably taken Gordon top three coming out of college. Uh, but right now, I'd, I'd take I'd take him probably seven in this draft. Okay, yeah. And I like I wouldn't take him over Ball. I wouldn't take him over, you know, Anthony Edwards probably. Just because I think those guys' ceilings are – they have star, yep. star ceilings. So um, – and that's more what I'm focusing on this draft. But, um, yeah, especially in the top five. All right. Let's move on. Let's do this next question. So it comes from Crushables. He's a YouTuber, a 2K YouTuber. And he he asks, would you rather sell the farm to trade for Devin Booker or let Malik Beasley be the two next D'Angelo Russell? And how much do you think Malik Beasley's worth? <laughs> it's, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, Devin Booker, I mean, Minnesota, we don't get opportunities like that. And I actually do think we have the capital we'd have to go insane and give it all it'd be literally the farm and then all the crops around the farm and the animals we'd have to fill the barns on the farm yeah and give it all for devin booker because that's how much phoenix likes devin booker uh but yeah it would be devin booker in a heartbeat won't even blink twice all right see i'm on the other end of this spectrum than you are (laughs) um 
if you, I don't know if you saw it or not, but a few weeks ago I wrote an article titled "It Doesn't Really Make Sense to Trade for Devin Booker," and I kind of went into depth about like the logistics of it, just like the money situation and everything, because you know with three max players, you know cap space is going to be tight. Then I talked about their fit a little bit. And I, I think the offensive fit is really good. I mean, you add three of the best scorers in the NBA, and you know you're going to blow teams out of the water offensively. But I also think the defense. Uh, would be really suspect, and that's my big thing with it. Um, oh yeah, you know, because there's defense, no denying that defense is half the game, and I I get worried about that. And um, you know, I really do believe in Malik Beasley if he can average. I mean, I know he he averaged 20 points per game. He came over from Denver, and that probably right. won't happen with Cat and Russell. But you know, oh, if he can average sure. if he can average 16 to 18 points a game. Yep. on you know a cheaper contract and probably provide just as good of defense as Booker is maybe even better because I love Malik Beasley I think he works so hard and I think he's going to be actually a solid defender um I think I would go with Beasley here and then you know use those picks to build with but it would be fun to have Booker I, I'll never deny that I'm inter- I'm interested in it because <laughs> that would be a lot of fun it'd be very intriguing but I think I'd rather uh, use some of the players we have to build with than um, than just taking Devin Booker, unless you can get Booker really cheap. If you can, if he requests a trade and you can get him really cheap, no, not not but, but I don't think that's happening. Yeah, that's not happening. And they uh, even if he did request a trade, Phoenix has no reason to you know honor his wish to come to Minnesota. He, yep. They can trade him to whoever has the best. Um, oh, for sure, the best offer, and I think that probably would come elsewhere. But I think. I think it's a trade that could get done if the Wolves wanted it to. So it sounds like we're basically identical on Malik Beasley. Like, no, I'm super high on him. I yeah. still think he could average 23 or so yeah. um, and just explode. And I think he can be a two-way player as well. I believe in his defense abilities as well. Uh, but, I mean, if you have Cat D'Lo and Devin Booker, Minnesota's not going to get any more exciting than that ever. It's just right. worth the price of admission. And then you fill in guys like Jeremy Grant and Josh Kogi, and I think we're uh, average defense, you know? Like, we can get there. If you get two guys that are really, really good on defense, you need at least one all-defensive type of guy or a Devin Vassell, uh, that type of thing. Uh, I think those other two players have to be, like, amazing defenders, though. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I think you can find those defenders. And, you know, maybe if uh, D'Lo Cat... And Booker work together, you could convince them, like, you guys have to buy in to a defensive scheme, and maybe you try and build the scheme around their strengths and weaknesses. Um, but you just tell them, like, it's either got to be this way or it's not going to work, and you're never going to win a championship if you don't buy in, at least some. You know, you can't, right. you have to be at least average defensively if you're going to put that team together, I think. But now, what do you think Malik Beasley's worth, and what would you what would be the most you'd give? Yeah, so Malik Beasley's worth to me is really interesting because he did turn down a three-year, thirty million dollar contract from the Nuggets last fall, and, which was smart, right? And I think he's worth more than that. But now, uh, you know, salary cap might not be going up at all. You know, the projection went up some, but with coronavirus and everything, you know, revenues down, and I think the salary cap's not going to be as high as they thought it was originally. Which could, uh, which could impact his value on the market this summer. Also, there's not a lot of people that really need him. Like people talk about the Knicks doing it, but uh, I don't think the Knicks want to crowd up their cap space when they're trying to make a run at a free agent in 2021's free agency. 
So there's a couple other teams that could maybe give him something like Detroit or Atlanta. But I would probably say this summer Malik Beasley would probably get around 12 to 15. Um, maximum yep. maybe like up to 18 would be the maximum I could see him getting. For four years, you'd give him 18? I wouldn't. No, no, no. Okay. But but um, I think that I could see someone doing that, you know, if okay. if a team really wanted to. But I think it's also interesting. Some people might just be a little skeptical of his uh, statistics in Minnesota based on, you know, he only played uh, 14 games or whatever it was, so they might not fully buy into that, which would help Minnesota's case because we know best of what Malik Beasley is because you see them, like our coaching – and our staff sees it in practice. They see it mm-hmm. not just in those 14 games. So I think they have the best uh, – they understand the most of what Malik Beasley's worth. But I could see Malik Beasley signing back to Minnesota on, like, a one-year deal worth, like, $12 million, and then he uh, decides to just test free agency again the next year when the cap space uh, opens up a little bit, and maybe, like, a, yeah. I scratch your back, you scratch mine next year or something. Um, so I could see something like that happening, but – if I was the Wolves, I'd probably I'd be good with him like fifteen, sixteen million dollars. All right, yeah, no, I'm pretty close to that. I think uh, four for fifteen would be my absolute tops, but I think um, he's closer to like a Karis LeVert type of deal, yep. um, three or four around fifty or less, forty to fifty in there. And uh, I just think COVID it really hurt Malik Beasley because yep. the sample size isn't large enough, but it benefited the Timberwolves in regards to signing him. Mm-hmm. So um, double-edged sword there kind of thing. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. I think um, it really did hurt him, and he had no idea when he turned down that $30 million deal that uh, this would happen and he <laughs> might not be able to get more than that. But it shows that he believes in himself, which is right. important too because he's going to work hard enough to get to the point where he needs to be. So, I yeah, I think they were kind of on the same page with him there. Um, all right, next question comes from Mike Menth, who was actually uh, a teacher of mine in high school, uh, a substitute teacher. But um, he asked, assuming the Wolves keep their top pick and it ends up somewhere in the top three, do you see them going with a small guard or wing or a big to pair next to Cat? Why do you got to dub the guy for a substitute teacher? Well, he's he was valuable too. Come on. He was a uh, well. Don't give me. I'm going to be a teacher too, so I have nothing against teachers. He uh, he oh, was a it. student teacher. Then he was substituting for a while, but now he's got a full time gig somewhere else. So yeah, good, very good guy. Respect the teachers. We, yes, respect the teachers. Pay Great the teachers. Ones. So second round dreams, right? That's what we're talking about. Um, no, this is top three picks. Um, oh, this sorry. is the small wing. So yep. do you want a small wing or a big? Small wings or a big. So I'm a firm believer if the Wolves somehow get one or two, if we don't trade that, I'm going to be very, very frustrated And because I think there's only two guys that should go one or two, and that's Ball and Edwards. I They're in a tier of their own, in my opinion. And if you're drafting anybody else at one or two, you're reaching. Yep. Um, and it's just not the value is not there at all. So – we have to trade one or two because neither of those guys fit with us, in my opinion. I don't want either of them, even though I'd prefer Edwards. I mean, I won't be angry with Edwards, but I won't be happy either. Yeah. Uh, so I would be open to even trading back and getting a couple picks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'll be picky anyways. But um, with that said, I mean, anyway, starting at three and down, I mean, 
I'm torn. Okay, I'm torn. I mean, Vassell is up there for me. Okungwu. I mean, those are the guys I'd be looking at. I, yep. I love Obi Toppin. I'm higher on him than most. But... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not high on Toppin, but I at three or four, it's I'm fine. looking at Vassell and uh, right and Okungwu. Those are the two I think I I like their fits both the most with the Timberwolves. So those are the two players I would look at there. I'm not big on Toppin just because I'm really down in his defense. And his lateral quickness is like really, really bad in my opinion. But um, you know he's got he's a good prospect too. I just don't think his fit with the Wolves um, when we want a defensive big next to Cat, right. I think he kind of hinders that. But yeah, what 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 do you like about Toppin so much then? So I think there's as long as he gets his opportunity of 25 minutes plus, then he's going to be really good on offense. I truly believe that. And I think instantaneously. Yeah, there's no so, doubting his offensive skill set is like through the roof. Right. As, as I think size. he's going to fit with just about anybody too on offense. I really do. Yeah. Like I think he's just a plug and play guy, ready to go. Just give him his minutes, and I, I truly believe um, he'll be at least an average defender. Like I okay. think he'll he'll learn he needs to be that in order to stick around and uh, be of value. I mean. It's always tough think, to look at some of these young guys. I mean, he's he's a sophomore, I believe, but looking at these guys coming out of college and labeling them as bad defenders, it's always right. a little tough because, I mean, Ben Simmons was labeled as a bad defender when he came out of college, too, and he just didn't care. You know, he was on LSU. Right. He was just trying to score his points. And, um, yeah, so I maybe he does, and if he does become an average defender, I think he'd be a good pick. I'm just... I see some of the physical limitations. Like, Ben Simmons never had the physical limitations defensively. It was more of the the drive to do it, where Obi Toppin's a little slow. Like, he can't he can't move very well. And I saw some bad things I wasn't too high on. But offensively, the guy is a monster. He can shoot the ball. He can operate um, down low. And I do like his offense. And I think he would be helpful that in that sense. Right. And so... Yeah, we need, he'd need to have a really good three by him, and we'd need two other good defenders. But uh, I just, yeah, I believe in his offense that much, and I just don't think the other guys around him like outweigh his off- offense. That's why I'm, I'm there on him, and uh, I think he's even like offensive ceiling even higher, like from a shooting standpoint of John Collins. And I think John Collins is a plus defender when he wants to, and it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tape exposes this guy, but um, he I think he's got the mindset and he's not afraid to be disciplined. I, I really believe it. The body type would make up for it. Yep. Okay, so yeah, I so back to the main question, do you think we go bigger bigger <laughs> garter wing? Oh, man, I just think so what you're saying just any pick? Yeah. Um like, or okay, any pick I I, I just think I think we go wing, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, it's it's scary. Like if you had to pick one of those, because yeah, I only if we, if we get a really high pick and a good pick, I don't want to take Wiseman that high over a Kungu. Like yeah, if say Onyek is off the board, and then um, then I want to look at Vassell or something too. Like right, if the I don't want to reach on Denny if we get three either. Even though yeah. I love Denny, I yeah. just think these guys have ceilings and. Uh, they're like the tiers are very structured for me and uh, the picks in the uh, top 10 are really like they got to be dead on because i just 
Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to screw this up. We've screwed up way too many. Yeah, this draft is so weird because the uh, the pick, especially for the Timberwolves, the top picks are in positions that the Wolves already have pretty much set up. So it's you're kind of hoping you don't get a top three pick just so you don't have to make that decision of re- reaching for someone or like drafting someone that you don't really need on your team, like Lamelo Ball. If you draft him at one or two when you already have D'Angelo Russell, I don't know how that fit works. But, you know, it's like you're going to look dumb if you pass on him and he ends up turning into an all-star player, too. So, this, yeah, this draft is very, very interesting from a Wolves perspective. And luckily, we have two picks and we have a, a front office that's willing to uh, look at all options because I think that's something that we really got to do. And I would, I would prefer to probably trade one of our two first-round picks in general just to get something because... You know, Gerson Rosas knows what he's doing with trades, and I trust whatever he does. So, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't proven me wrong yet. Right. So. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the second round picks now. Kai Knudsen asks, asks, with the Wolves having a high second round pick, probably likely thirty three. I'm guessing is what it's going to be. I don't know if it can change <laughs> at all. Who do you think is available then, and who are some prospects that intrigue you in that area? Some high risk, high reward players. So most of these guys, besides like two or three of them here, um, I have way higher than most, and mm-hmm. they won't even get out of my top twenty or twenty-five if I'm drafting them. But that's kind of how I, have, I am. These right. before we get into it, the mock drafts are so weird. They're right. all over the board on these like end of the first round picks. Some of yep. these guys could go twenty or they could go forty, and I would not be surprised either way. Yeah, I just think it's. Uh, Big board, mock, whatever. I mean, it's people are when it gets past like ten, people are judging these ceilings of these players much differently mm-hmm. than like because I'm very high on a lot of these guys' ceiling. It's just I'm also very low on a lot of their floors when we get into this group of people I'm talking about. Uh, so, and that's why they get drafted here obviously all right so who, um, who are some of those players you got there with that 33rd pick then yep so a couple of them i'll, just, I'll go for i'm a big list guy obviously and <laughs> i have a list of about eight of them but okay. i'll go tyrell terry oturu paul reed and then uh ramsey okay so yeah i have if i had to look at my big board which i don't have set up other than in my head um, I think probably Terry probably goes a little higher than that. I hope he does. I think he's better than that. Uh, but I could see him falling, too, because of his size. And Jemias Ramsey, I see him going probably in the 20s, too. But I, if both those players are there at 33, I think they're no-brainers for us to take them. Um, what are, What do you think? Who are the other two again? Uh, Daniel Oturu. Okay, and I like oh, Oturu. I think Oturu will yeah. probably be there. I agree. But I he, agree. But he could... Yeah. But, that's more so based on the fact that not that he's not good enough to go higher, but just that big. I mean, centers in the league. Not that many teams need centers, so right. you know, good centers drop more than other positions. He's one player I've seen more than just about anybody, though. That NBA GMs and people with actually inside access are way higher on him than NBA Twitter. So it'll yep. be interesting to see how that plays out. Like. NBA Twitter, so many guys don't even have them on their boards, and uh, even low, like 35, 40, most of them. I haven't seen too many in the first round. But then GMs and, uh, like, 
NBADraft.net, stuff like that. They have them top 20. What, I mean, what's the highest you've seen Oturu on a mock draft? I think I saw uh, him 11th or something like that. Really? Yeah. So, uh, on a big board, I've seen him way higher than a mock draft. Yeah, and that's um, that's different, too, because that's more based oh, yeah. on needs and other than play. And I think, yeah, he's higher on a lot of big boards than he is drafts, for sure. Like, NBADraft.net's the highest I've, I've seen on him, period, and they have him at 13. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's the highest I saw then. I think that's where I saw him at, too. Um, but the thing with Tyrell Terry, you mentioned Tyrell Terry, is that, did you see that article that came out said Tyrell Terry scored the highest IQ, like basketball IQ that yep. they've ever seen? Like, yep. So he's essentially the smartest player to ever come out of a draft since they've started that stuff, and I think that... <laughs> I think that GMs look at that too. I think that's important to them, you know, and I think he understands the understands the game a lot and I think that bodes well for his draft stock. He's I've seen him the highest at 8 or 8 or 9 with Kevin O'Connor. Like Right. And then he's not drafted in some people. So these sure. picks are weird. Another person I had, I had Trey Jones, Zeke Naji, Tyler Bay and McCur Maker. Uh Trey Jones, I could see him going in the first round. Uh, but if he is there, he's such a good defender as a point guard. I think he comes in and he's an above-average uh, point guard defender, but I think he's pretty limited to just guarding point guards due to his size. Um, but I think, you know, just his defense is good enough to take him there at 33 if he's there. Uh, Zeke Nash, he's just a mobile big that could probably develop a decent jumper. He's okay now, and he has defensive capabilities that I like. Uh, Tyler Bay, he's just a defender that's versatile, and I think his Offensive game will develop some. And then McCurr Maker, uh, I see a lot of comps for McCurr Maker. They call him KG Light, which I think (laughs) that's what Timberwolves fans kind of shake their head at. But I I do think he has a unique skill set and where he can handle the ball and shoot well for being seven foot. But he he needs a lot of developing too. So um, I don't know if it ever happens. But I think McCurr Maker is the interesting um, Out of all those guys you mentioned, Tyler Bay is the only one I'd be okay with, to be honest. Oh, you wouldn't like Trey Jones? I, I, yeah, I wouldn't take Trey Jones for the Timberwolves past, past 40, to be honest. Oh, okay. I can respect that, too. I, he doesn't have much of a offensive game other, other outside of like facilitating. He's not a great shooter. He doesn't get to and he gets the rim fine, but he doesn't finish that great, and he's not like overly strong. So I can, yeah. Trey Jones is a player that it's very he needs to go to a team that needs him more than I think the Timberwolves do and there are teams that could probably use his services a lot more uh who you said you had four more guys other than the ones you mentioned who are those guys yeah I'll rattle them off Devon Dodson I think he'd be awesome yeah. at, at that position I think that's right around where he'd go um Pokashevsky yeah. uh he's all over he's a he, NBA Twitter draft darling sure but yeah uh, I think that would, that's right value for him and with his body type and the way that dude moves. But um, these are pipe dreams. These last two would be Grant Ryler and Sadiq Bey. I love – if Sadiq Bey is at 33 and the Wolves pass on him, oh, I, I, I will myself. have some choice words. <laughs> I will have some choice words for Gerson Rosas. I want to take him at 16 to be honest. Me too. He's my favorite. He's my favorite like out of the lottery prospect um in this draft. Sure. I love Sadiq Bay. We actually share a birthday too, so that kind of helps. Um we're the exact same age, but uh yeah, I love Sadiq Bay. He's I got him 12 on my board, man. 
12. Wow, that's I probably have about 16 on my board, and I think that's maybe maybe 14, somewhere around that. Um, but I, I especially his fit with the Wolves, I think, is really good um, because I think he has the size to play some. Uh, maybe no, I some, think he's gonna be a good defender. Yeah, I, I, that's I think exactly he's gonna right. be a better defender. He's actually gonna be a plus defender, a good defender, and uh, he might have the best stroke in the the draft. But there's no. That that's all over the place. There's like three or four guys you could have for that one. My my favorite stroke in the draft is Tyrell Terry. I think he's just got a beautiful shot. But yeah, Sadiq Bay's got a beautiful shot too. Another player we talked about sixteen a little bit. So I just want to throw this out there because I want to get. I haven't heard your take on this guy at all. But how do you like Patrick Williams for the Wolves at like sixteen coming out of Florida State? That'd be unreal. I'd That'd love. That'd be absolutely unreal. Um, I'd start him day one to be honest. Uh, he's exactly who we need. Yeah. Uh, if we can get him there, that's who I have him. Let me see here. I have him 13 right behind Sadiq. So uh, I'd be all over that. Yeah, I love. I would love to get Patrick Williams there at 16. Um, we have one last question. We can get to it quick because I know we're running out of time. But um, Amir Eldomiata asks, what is the craziest trade you could actually see Rosas pull off? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely Devin Booker, um, and that would be Devin Booker demanding that. Yeah. Uh, but there are guys that are might be more realistic. Um, that would be kind of just as crazy uh, because they're out of left field or you don't never right. have heard the Wolves rumored with them. And those four other guys I got here are Aaron Gordon, Miles Turner, Spencer Didwinney, and Chris Paul. Are you big on the Miles Turner train would you love to see him playing next to cat i would yeah i, I am i'm um, really big but, on miles turner playing next to cat i would i i would love to see that matchup because i think he brought he provides some defense that could really help cat out he can spread the floor some yeah i almost right. had that guy winning defensive player of the year a year and a half ago exactly <laughs> and he uh he, and then he spreads the floor too so i think that right I like my I like that. A lot of people aren't very high on that. When I brought that up to people, they were kind of shaking their head at me. But uh, I like my alternative. Because they don't yeah. watch the Pacers, man. Right. Um, I think he gets a bad rap having to play next to Sabonis too, who's an All Star. And I think um, yeah. I think their skill sets don't match as well as probably Cat and Turner's would, just because Cat can spread the floor too, and Sabonis isn't really a shooter. Um. But yeah, so I, I'm on that Miles Turner train. Uh, I I had two trades written down that I think Rosas could probably pull off. One is Devin Booker. Um, so I think, I don't know if I would have said this before the season, but after we traded for D'Angelo Russell and we only gave up one first-round pick and we got back like uh, Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman, I trust Rosas a lot more. And right. I'm think some way somehow we could figure out a way to get Bradley Beal. It would be it would be it would be a lot and it would be difficult, but if he's saying the craziest trade, I could right. somehow see him trading for Bradley I, Beal. I debated including him. I definitely thought about that. I um, think there's better have... option. I think other teams will offer better trades. Yep. But I hey, it depends on how much they it all depends on how much they like this draft. Say we got a top three pick. It's that, I mean, sign and trade with Malik Beasley and 
a Kogi and Culver, and I'm happy as shit, and they should be too. Yeah, and I, I think I like... 16, obviously, as well. <laughs> right. Do you like Beal or Booker more for this team, fit-wise? Not, I'm ta- not talking, like, yeah. friendship-wise, just on-court fit-wise. I like... I. Beal's a better player, and I think Beal's going to be for a little bit because I think Beal can actually play defense when he wants to. Yeah, that's... Um, I think he can actually be a pretty good defender. Like, say mm-hmm. if he a five as an average defender, I think he can be up to, like, a seven. I really do, seven and a half. I agree. Uh, so, Booker, I don't think he can even get to a five right now. I, I think he's a couple years away from that. Yep. I, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, I like, but I think that Booker would be a more realistic person to uh, for the Wolves to get um, over. Beal. I don't know what realistic to be honest, because I think Phoenix. I don't think Booker is necessarily going to demand a trade for a year or two, especially when Aiton and him are going to be gelling. And um, I like their young core where Beal could just demand a trade. So I think they're equally as realistic to be honest. That that part, I that part is true. I think. Um, yeah, because Beal is not going to probably want to be in Washington much longer unless uh, you know, unless John Wall comes back and they start playing really well next season. So, yeah, I, I probably could agree with you there. Maybe they are probably just equally available, if not Beal probably being a little bit more. I think <laughs> you convinced that to me there. Um, all right, so I think that's about all we had. Uh, one last question. I just want to know who your favorite draft prospect is in this entire draft quick. Regardless of pick, I don't, you know, it could be your favorite at 16, favorite at 5. Just who do you like the most? God, you're going to make me sit on one dude. I mean, like, just who do I like personally or just value-wise? Uh, personally. Okay, that's Killian Ace. Uh, just, I, I love his game and I, I love watching lefties, period. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's just always been my thing. I just it's aesthetically pleasing for me. But um, I love his personality. I've watched a lot of interviews of him, and uh, I just think that dude's the smartest any player I've seen coming in. I think um, if he would have had an American education, he might have checked out on that where Tyrell Terry did. Right. Um, so I, from an encore perspective, I, I dare you to try to find a more a higher IQ guy than Killian Hayes. But, yeah, he, he, I'd say he's my favorite. Now, let's yeah. do it. I haven't, I haven't said one player I'm committing to Killian Hayes, but uh, there's definitely players I see that could be more valuable and, yeah, fit-wise. But, no, overall player who I'd like to watch and have success would be Killian. Okay. Mine is Devin Vassell. I love Devin Vassell. Love I think he's a He'd great guy. He'd be my player. top three. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we had for this uh this episode then so thanks zach for coming on my man i appreciate you that was fun it's um been long overdue for uh, sure three four months of covid i mean we're we're, we're seeing cracks we're, we're creeping out from underneath right now and hopefully uh these guys really want to play and these tests start um declining on the nba side of things so they they do play but uh going to be interesting i'm not i'm still skeptical if the season's going to happen but me too i um, am too doesn't mean we're not going to still talk about the wolves <clears throat> press sure. forward but be well man yep you too well, i'm brendan hetke that was zach noble catch you guys next time
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.